0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode forty-five, the Big Four Five. This is WFS, the Will Ford Show. Happy Friday, everyone. Hope everyone had a a good week. A good Friday, TGIF. Got some great football uh, going on this weekend. Conference championship week in college football. And then week thirteen of the NFL season, man, it's you know it's starting to get it's starting to get hot, it's starting to get hot here in in uh, sports. So let's go ahead and start kick off Friday's episode with some college football conference championship week this week, as I just mentioned. Uh, and obviously, you know, not only only about four of these games. Really matter in terms of college football playoff. We're not. I'm not really too concerned about the other ones. Uh, sure, there there is going to be some interesting bowl games, bowl game ramifications, and whatnot. But as far as the college football playoff goes, there's really only four uh, four games that we're worried about, and really they're the games that determine who is in the college football playoff. So we have Clemson versus the Pitt Panthers. Texas versus Oklahoma, a rematch of the Red River rivalry, where Texas won earlier in the year. Northwestern versus Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. Texas versus Oklahoma is Big Twelve championship. Clemson versus uh, Pitt is ACC, and then Georgia versus Alabama for the SEC championship. So we've got some good games. I know two of these games at least are going to be really good, and and I'm really excited. Uh Clemson versus Pitt. Obviously Pitt is the inferior team. Clemson has a high-powered offense, a great defense. I like Clemson to roll in this one by a, a wide margin. Probably say 45 to 10. I mean, I don't even think this is going to be close. With their win, they will be in the college football playoff. Uh Texas versus Oklahoma, the rematch of the Red River rivalry. Texas won earlier in the year by a field goal and really the key to this game, we know the Big 12 doesn't have any defense, but really like someone's got to make a stop in this game. Oklahoma can't stop anybody on offense. They can, they cannot defend against the run, defend against the pass. They just, they're probably one of the worst defensive teams in the country. But on the flip side, they're probably the best offense in the country and probably one of the most prolific offenses ever. So it's really interesting. Texas has had a really good year, one of their best years in a while under Tom Herman. And I look for this to be a pretty close game. And really the key for Oklahoma to win is they're going to have to hold their opponents under 30 points I think. And Oklahoma has allowed 30 plus points in the past 4 games and they've won in shootouts. So they've won by one possession, 7 points or less in each of the last 4 games. And that's just not in a rivalry like this, the Big 12 championship on the line, they're not that's just not going to get it done. And with the way Oklahoma's defense has played the entire year I have to give the edge to Texas and I'm going to pick Texas to win this one. Pretty close game. I'll say I'll say Texas 42 Oklahoma 38 in another shootout. I think if Oklahoma allows more than 30 points that's it's just problematic for them. Uh, Northwestern versus Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State has been pretty shaky defensively all year since they lost Nick Bosa. Uh, Northwestern, top 25 ranked team, I believe they're ranked 21st going into this game. And so I believe it's it's going to be a good game. Uh, and Ohio State has struggled this year. They've struggled against Maryland obviously they got beat by 29 versus Purdue which is if they don't get in that's the reason why and they they've struggled they've really struggled all year against uh, several teams and really the, the Michigan the Michigan game has really helped them being the number 4 team in the country and ha- and, and putting 62 on them when they're the number 1 ranked defense in all the nation that's really helped them. So I think this is going to be a really good game. And if Ohio State can win convincingly against Northwestern, I'm not sure if they will, but I know they're they're going to win. I'm not sure how convincingly. But if they win and Oklahoma loses, Ohio State's in. So I'm feeling pretty good about those predictions. And then Georgia versus Alabama. I just don't really think this is even a question i don't think this is gonna be close alabama and then as i've been mentioning the last couple of episodes i know it's getting repetitive and kind of redundant but alabama clemson notre dame ohio state alabama's gonna beat georgia clemson's gonna beat Pitt. notre dame gets in by default because they don't have a conference championship and then ohio state's gonna get in with a win over northwestern and a loss by oklahoma those are my predictions All righty, so Thursday night, last night, we had a huge NFC matchup between the 10-1 New Orleans Saints and the 6-5 Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys won 13-10 in a very low-scoring affair. I mean, this was just an absolute surprise. I knew this game was going to be close. I didn't think it was going to be as low-scoring as it was, but I knew this game was going to be close. And I really thought that the Saints were going to win in the end, but the Cowboys played unbelievable defense, neutralizing Drew Brees and forcing him to throw under 200 yards passing. The Saints only had, you know, a little under 200 yards of total offense, which is unheard of from the Saints all year. They haven't had a game like that in years, so. The effort by the Cowboys defensively, Jalen Smith and Leighton Van have proven their elite. Demarcus Lawrence was outstanding as he usually is. Tyrone Crawford, Antoine Woods, those guys on the defensive line, really underrated group. And really, the Cowboys front seven defensively, it might be the best in the league. Jalen Smith, 22, Leighton Van 21. Demarcus Lawrence is, you know, in his mid twenties, and then you've got some other guys on the D line that are in their later twenties. I mean, this team is it's solid all around, and that front seven is outstanding. And the pressure they put on Drew Brees all night. They they only had one or one or two sacks, but they were putting pressure up the middle and around the edge all night long, getting in Drew Brees' face, and Drew Brees only being six foot tall, five eleven. It's hard to see over those big offensive line who are six four and, and taller. So it was a great job by the Cowboys up front to to get good penetration, get through the middle, and, and really make things uncomfortable for Drew Brees. Drew Brees did not find a rhythm all game. Had one good throw to Keith Kirkwood in the end zone for a touchdown. It should have been called back. It was pass interference, clear push-off. Uh, but... Regardless, that was Drew is really it was his only good play really throughout the entire game. He was really just off rhythm, off schedule. The Cowboys secondary played outstanding man coverage. Chidebe Wuzier, Jordan Lewis had an interception late, a rare mistake by Drew Brees. And Jeff Heath and Xavier Woods are really underrated at the safety position. This defense is just solid all around and Leighton Vander has proven my prediction of defensive player of the year or defensive rookie of the year to be, to be right. I mean, just over the last several weeks, he is just produced. He's great in open field tackling. Uh, he, he's great at disrupting uh, blocks up front by offensive linemen running sideline to sideline. He's in, got incredible speed. He's a, A uh, very physical linebacker. And he is at only 21 years old, he's making this kind of impact. He's validating my prediction for defensive rookie of the year, as I mentioned before. And really, this, this entire defense as a whole, really good. And as far as the Cowboys offense, I mean, they chewed up a ton of time, held the Saints scoreless in the first half. 13-0 13 to nothing at halftime, ended up finishing 13-10. to 10. I mean, the, the Cowboys did a great job of playing keep away. And defensively, they did not break once. And they had a goal line stand uh, early in the first half that allowed it to be 13-0 going into the half. Uh, Jalen Smith made an outstanding sideline-to-sideline side tackle on Alvin Kamara. To get him down short of the goal line. The Saints went for it on fourth down and goal from about the one yard line. Didn't get it. And then offensively for the Cowboys, Dak played pretty well for the most part. Had some things. He he needs to clean up some things. His deep ball isn't as accurate as it should be. Uh, He's got the most fumbles by a quarterback in the league. He had two last night. So he's got to learn to protect the ball a little bit better when he's pressured in the pocket. But I mean, Dak is just so smart with with the decisions he makes with the ball, throwing downfield, uh, knowing when to run with the football. He had a play last night, a huge third and ten late in the game, about seven minutes left, where he was pressured. He stepped up, took off, broke two tackles, and got the first down. Trucked Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, it's just tough football by Dak Prescott, and he he doesn't he's not going to stuff the stat sheet. He's not a guy that's going to go throw for three hundred yards and. Two or three touchdowns every game. He's a guy that's going to get you two to two fifty. A touchdown passing, maybe two touchdown, pa- two touchdown passes, and a rushing touchdown. Maybe uh, Dax just really smart. He does the little things. He's a great leader. You don't need him to stuff the stats. You just need him to be accurate with the football, which he was last night. Seven set a Cowboy record for seventeen straight completions. Obviously. That's nothing compared to what Philip Rivers did the other day. but And really, that's nothing in today's NFL with all the rule changes and how it's all shifted towards the offense. But you want Dak to be accurate, and he's been accurate the last couple weeks. He hasn't turned the ball over in terms of interceptions. He's fumbled a lot. He'll clean that up. But this Cowboys team, it's looking pretty good. They do need to, you know fix up a little bit of the offensive line. Tyron Smith spent out the last two games. They allowed seven sacks, which is a problem, but they're going to have some time off. They don't play until not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, so they're going to have a good 10 days rest before they actually play again. Tyron Smith should be back by then. They'll get some other guys back. They'll be healthier, and they'll be one of the healthier teams in the NFC heading in Uh, to the last few weeks of the season before the playoffs. And right now, the Cowboys are in the driver's seat in the NFC East. And with a win against the Saints, that puts the Rams back in first place in the conference. And if the season ended today, they would be first seed in the NFC. So huge ramifications came from that game. And it was just it, it was one of the it was actually the most uh had the highest ratings of any Thursday night football game in history. That's partly to do with the cow the Dallas Cowboys because they're America's team, but the Saints being the te- the best team in the league that also has something to do with it. And really, it being as low scoring as it was, it was actually a really entertaining game to watch. And I'm a Cowboy fan, so I'm biased but <laughs> I, I thought it was really entertaining it's it's cool to see goal line stands obviously when it's your team it's cool but in generally speaking I think it's sometimes more cool to see goal line stands and great defensive plays than it is to see deep touchdown passes and and huge chunk plays I think sometimes it's more entertaining that way and I liked it I loved it and I want some more of it. So, um, but I saw some 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 things. Obviously, Stephen A. Smith hates the Cowboys. He had some things to say, as he usually does. Uh, but there was a tweet I saw by Jason Whitlock, wor- works for F- FS1. If if you guys watch FS1, he he's on speak or yeah, speak for yourself. He fills in on uh, lock it in, which is the the gambling show on FS1 sports gambling and he, and he does some other work you know and really good guy i i like watching his stuff and i think you know he makes some good points but this tweet he he tweeted that basically he said that the there was a there's a Jacksonville Jaguars feel to this Dallas Cowboys team it feels like it feels like Dak Prescott is the new Blake Bortles in the sense that, you know, last year the Jags played, they, they got to the AFC championship based on their defense, having a good running game and Blake Bortles doing enough from the quarterback position to win football games. And although I understand the comparison, I think it's, I think it's wrong. I think it's unfair to compare Blake Bortles to Dak Prescott. Dak's a much better thrower of the football. Far more accurate. A much better uh, timing thrower, anticipatory thrower. Blake Bortles is very hesitant, likes to use his legs a lot more, and is very inaccurate. Dak's the complete opposite. He uses his leg legs when he has to. He's very smart, uh, anticipates his throws, makes quick decisions and he's a, he's a better leader and i think Dak's just more talented i think he's a far better quarterback than Blake Bortles and the cowboys have won games with their offense this year i mean they they put 31 on the on the redskins and the redskins have a pretty solid defense um they they put up 20 plus on the philadelphia eagles eagles have a you know a solid defense they were a little depleted at the time but still i mean Dak made some great plays in that game. And with the addition of Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup kind of emerging the last couple of weeks, Dak's been more willing to throw the ball down the field. So, I think it's unfair to compare him to Blake Bortles and compare this team to the Jaguars of last year. I think it's totally wrong. I mean, you saw what Dak did in the first his first season. He was really, really good, really efficient, and he was really efficient yesterday at 248 and a touchdown pass. No picks, 115 quarterback rating. I mean, what more can you ask? You won the game. I mean, there's stuff he needs to clean up. He's young. All quarterbacks have stuff they need to clean up. I mean, Drew Brees even shows you he has stuff he needs to clean up. It happens. But I really like this Cowboys team going forward. Saints are still the best team in the league. And you know we'll get into that next Tuesday when we when we do the Ford Food Chain, but they're still the best team in the league in in my opinion. Cowboys are going to move up a little bit though with that signature win. Cowboys at seven and five. I'm not saying they're a, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they have that great of a chance to win the Super Bowl. I don't think they do. But you have to at least include them in the conversation. If they're able to stifle a team like the Saints like that, if they're able to beat a team like the Saints, pardon me, my my dog's barking in the background, um, but if they're able to stop a team like that, they can beat anybody. I think they could beat the Chiefs. Chiefs have a much worse defense than the Saints do, and and... Probably just as good of an offense. Probably just as good. I think the Cowboys could beat the Chiefs. If they can stop the Saints the way they did, I think they can stop the Chiefs. And I think the Cowboys can beat anybody in this league, as any football team can any week. Cowboys should be taken seriously in the NFC. I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they have that great of a shot. I still like the Saints. I still like the Rams. I still like, uh, I still like the Panthers a little bit, even though they're six and five. I still, I still like them. The Panthers even beat the Cowboys. Uh, the Vikings are still a really good team. I mean, Cowboys, Cowboys are good. They're going to be a threat. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm not saying they have a the great tra- great chance. I, I know I've repeated that several times, but ju- they've got to be taken seriously because they can beat anybody based on what happened last night. Okay, so I want to shift gears a little bit. I know uh, last Sunday. I mean, this is sort of old news. Probably should have talked about it a little bit on Tuesday when it was a little more relevant. But it's actually still a a conversation. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Denver Broncos. I, I know I, I I did touch on this briefly, but I didn't touch on uh, really the aftermath of it. So I mentioned that Big Ben threw that crucial interception in the end zone, and he made some other some other bad plays, and and they ended up losing the game, and. Big Ben wasn't very, he didn't take ownership of his actions with the interceptions. He was more blaming teammates, blaming his receivers for not running the correct routes um, and, and things like that. And, and he didn't put the blame on his shoulders because everything he did wrong was clearly his fault. But he continues to redirect the attention to his teammates instead of taking blame. And I think that's a problem from your quarterback. There's all these other quarterbacks in the league that you know, there's, there's three quarterbacks in this league. Every other quarterback would take blame except these three quarterbacks, Big Ben, Cam Newton, and Aaron Rodgers. Those are the only three quarterbacks in the league who would uh, divert the blame to someone else, put it on someone else. Oh, it's the receiver's fault. They didn't run the right route. They, they were too shallow. They were too deep. Uh, they, they didn't go up for the ball or whatever the case might be. It, it was just a bad decision, bad throw. And those three quarterbacks are guys that do not own up to their mistakes very well. And it's really funny because, you know, the Steelers are one of the noisiest teams in football in terms of distractions. Le'Veon Bell probably being the biggest distraction with his holdout. And so Le'Veon Bell left, you would think the, the noise would be gone for the most part. They're still the most noisy team in football. Because Big Ben doesn't stop talking. He goes on a Pittsburgh radio show every Monday or every Tuesday or whatever the case is. And he's always got something to say. He's always putting blame on teammates or coaches or coordinators or whoever. and. I just I just don't think Big Ben is a very good leader. I think he's more selfish. Doesn't want to have the blame put on him. He he talked about how he's he feels he's on the right to be able to criticize his players and demand things from them, which is true. I think all quarterbacks should be able to criticize their teammates, uh challenge them to be better and and things like that. That's very fair. You should demand a lot from your teammates as the quarterback of the team. But when the mistakes are on you, you gotta own up to that. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, buts about that. You gotta own up. And right now that's just not a It's just not a good look. And it concerns me because I don't know if the Steelers can beat the Patriots. I don't know if they can beat the Chiefs. I don't know if they can beat the Chargers. Speaking of, they play the Chargers this weekend uh, on Sunday. But I don't know if they can beat those teams in the playoffs. I I don't know. And with this constant noise and Ben not taking responsibility for his actions, I think things are going to start transitioning a little bit downhill things are going to kind of unbind. Now, they're going to win their division. I don't think that's a question, but I just don't think they're going to make a a playoff run like people are are saying. A lot of people think the Steelers are going to make the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I see the Patriots going. I see the Chargers going. I see the Chiefs going. And I could even see the Texans going over the Pittsburgh Steelers. But all I know is is that Big Ben's got to take responsibility for his actions. And they've got to clean up this noise. Otherwise, they're going to lose to New England later in the year. And they're going to get sent home early in the playoffs. Alright. So, a couple things. Very closely related. Not in terms of the incidents, but the topic, I suppose. Um so earlier today it was announced or reported that Kareem Hunt uh, was v- involved in an altercation with with a woman video surfaced from it was back in February and the video is just now surfacing that he was pushing and kicking and uh and I don't know if it, if punching was involved uh but basically just pushing and kicking and being physical with a woman uh, I think it was in a movie theater I don't know for sure, but obviously this is an issue of domestic violence, this is an issue of assault, and, you know, we we keep seeing these problems, man. We just talked about Reuben Foster the other day, and we're going to talk about it again as well, um, but, like, this is a problem, man. It hasn't been recently, but it's now starting to resurface again, and it's just not good. This kind of reminds me of the Ray Rice situation with Kareem Hunt. Uh, the video, like video, comes out, and you know Ray Rice gets suspended for a season, and he's done, and he hasn't been in the league. He's he's just out of the league. Kareem Hunt. I'm not saying Kareem Hunt's going to be out of the league. Uh, he's actually more than likely going to be put on the NFL exempt list, uh, to, so he'll be able to keep playing while they investigate it, which I don't think should be the case, but that's probably what's going to happen. But I mean, they really need to look into this. So I don't, I don't want to make judgments because we don't know really what the full situation is. We don't know the backstory. We don't have background and context. It, you know, it could have been something totally Totally egregious and that that this woman did to Kareem Hunt and he was very upset about it. And, and I'm not trying to defend Kareem Hunt. I'm just trying to look at it from both angles because we don't really know what's going on. And, you know, we have to also consider if there's alcohol, if there's, if there, this is a presence, their presence of alcohol and to what extent... Holy crap. Okay. Wow. What amazing timing. Jeez. Ow. It's nine Oh six. Okay. It's nine Oh six. When you're listening to this, uh, when this uploads in a couple hours, nine Oh six, this came out literally at nine Oh five. You can check on your phone. If you have bleacher report, ESPN, the chiefs just cut Kareem hunt. And he was banned indefinitely from the NFL. So I want to click on this story here on Bleacher Report, and I'm just going to read it off to you guys. All this is from Bleacher Report, so I'm not stealing any of the information. I'm giving credit where credit's due. Kareem Hunt released by Chiefs after altercation video emerges. So TMZ Sports posted a video of Hunt. Obviously, it was TMZ Sports. Why not? Not exactly the most reliable source, but it is a video, so it's not, it's not like a story. Altercation with a 19-year-old woman. Yikes. Uh, In a Cleveland hotel in February. He was placed on the commissioner exempt list. Okay, I thought the exempt list was... Basically, you get to keep playing. It's kind of, while they look at your case, you keep playing. It's kind of like what Zeke did last year. Not necessarily an exempt list, but he was allowed to play while the investigation was still going on. Uh, So there's some quotes here, but obviously more is going to come out. This is just kind of a preliminary story. It just talks about the situation. In February, Courtney Stolfi of Cleveland.com reported two police reports were filed following the altercation with Hunt listed as the suspect 1 and Abigail Odinger, the the 19-year-old woman, shoved and kicked in the security footage. Listed as the suspect on the other. No charges were filed in the case. And Friday, today, marked the first time the video was made public. So, wow. Unbelievable. Kareem Hunt released one of the, really one of the better running backs in the game. And I'm going to be honest with you, I completely agree with this decision by by the Chiefs. I totally agree totally agree with this decision. I mean, you can't have a guy with domestic violence allegation. Well, this is not even an allegation. I mean, he just straight up shoved and kicked this girl. I mean, look up the video. I mean, it's it's not as bad as the Ray Rice altercation from years ago where he just straight up lit up his wife in the face. But I mean, it's still, you know, it's still not still not pleasant to watch. Oh, man, I am I'm proud that the Chiefs were able to recognize that this is a problem and they got him out of there. My only question is, what team's going to be the one to pick him up? That's my question. 49ers released Reuben Foster after his, what, fourth domestic violence allegation against him in like a year. And the Redskins picked him up. This is what I was going to get into next. And the owner called it small potatoes. He called the, the basically everything that was going on with Reuben Foster it's just small, com, small potatoes compared to what other people have done in the league. It doesn't matter what other people have done. This ain't small potatoes. This is a huge deal in this country. This is a huge deal. There's two things in this country that are a huge deal. Things that you don't joke about them. These are serious situations. Domestic violence and gun violence with all the mass shootings we've had in the past year. And really in the past 40 years. I I mean, there's just two things you don't talk about. You just do not... You don't talk about them in that way. Small potatoes. Get out of here. I'm just... I just want to know what team is going to be dumb enough to pick him up. He's an immensely talented player. He's young. He's very good. But I'm sorry, you have to do the right thing. And the Chiefs made the absolute right move here by cutting Kareem Hunt. Doesn't matter if they're fighting for for the playoffs. Doesn't matter if they're fighting for the number 1 seed in the AFC. Doesn't matter if they have the chance to win the Super Bowl. I commend this move. I am so glad they did this. I'm so glad the chiefs did that because that's addressing the problem. That's getting rid of the problem in your locker room, the and you know, making sure that this situation doesn't linger over this this team's head. And I really hope I really hope this gets resolved. I'm not saying I'm not sure what they mean. Indefinite ban, I'm not sure what that exactly means. I'm going to look up NFL exempt list really quick. See if I can get an exact definition of that, because I was wrong. I just figured exempt, I assumed. You never assume. You know what they say about assuming. I just assumed that meant he was exempt from any kind of punishment from the time being until they made a uh, a determination. So... Okay, it's just bringing up stuff about Kareem Hunt uh, meaning. Let's see. That's just what I assumed it meant. Let's see here. Bear with me as I look this up. Okay, it's loading. So, this is an article about Adrian Peterson from years ago where he used a switch on a on his son as a disciplinary tool, a switch being like a stick. So the exempt list is a special player status available to clubs only in unusual circumstances. And now my computer's messed. Okay. The list includes those players who have been declared by the commissioner to be temporarily exempt from counting within the active list. Okay, so that's what. That's what it means. So basically it's for teams and they're temporarily removed from the active roster. And then I assume that means that a player can be picked up in that spot. Uh, But reading on, only the commissioner has the authority to place a player on the exempt list. Clubs have no such authority and no exemption regardless of circumstances uh, is automatic. The commissioner also has the authority to determine in advance whether a player's time on the exempt list will be finite or will continue under the commissioner until the commissioner deems the exemption should be lifted and the player returns to the active list. So that's what that means. I apologize for getting that backwards. Please forgive me. The NFL exempt list basically removes the player off the active roster temporarily until they uh, dive into the investigation make a determination it is not what i said where they temp- they get to play while you know while the investigation's going on so i was completely wrong on that don't listen to me i'm just a college kid doing his own podcast <laughs> uh learning as we go we learn something new every day right man that's just wild totally off uh off note off script basically i mean i just was not expecting that Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. I'm just really glad the NFL is doing something about this and taking action early. Really glad they're doing that. I'm just shocked. I I just didn't expect a decision to come so soon. What I was going to get into, what I was going to say was, like, before I saw this notification we went into all this was that Kareem Hunt was probably going to be suspended for the the uh for a game for maybe just this week while they conduct something look into it and then they would make further determination from there whether or not he's suspended for X amount of weeks or or there's not much there and he's going to get to play the following week I I just figured there was going to be some time Uh, taken in and they put him on the indefinite. So it looks like it's going to be an extended period of time. Could be a, a full season. We don't know. But as of right now, he's not a part of a football team. And I'm just, I'm really scared to find out. Obviously, no one can pick him up. Because he's on the exempt list, so he can't play. He can't be on the active roster, but you can have him on the roster. You can claim him. He just won't count towards the active roster. And I'm just scared to find out what team is going to uh, claim him. I'm really not even sure how the NFL rules work. If you can claim a player that's on the exempt list. But... Man, this is something we're going to have to keep monitoring as more stuff comes out about it. Man, unbelievable. Wow. Talk about breaking news. Okay. So, we're going to jump into primetime predictions for the rest of the week. Uh, I got I'm on one for one this week. Dallas Cowboys. No, I'm actually over for 1. Check that. Man, I'm striking out all day, man. I'm striking out. It's Friday. I'm striking out everywhere. I'm getting stuff wrong. I'm 0 for 1. Really, it's a win for my personal life because I love the Cowboys, but it's a loss in terms of record predictions. I'm 0 for 1. We got four more games here to go through Ravens at Falcons. This is kind of a big game for the Ravens. It uh, keeps them in contention for a wild card spot. And the Falcons. You know they're three and eight, I believe. I think they're th- that's that's uh man, I'm just stunned right now. My mind's all over the place. So regardless, the, the Falcons are under 500. They've got a very very slim chance to make the playoffs, if any at all. Um, I really doubt they're going to because you have. You have the Panthers ahead of them at six and five, and the Saints at ten and two. Uh, the Bears are seated, sitting at the top of their division, eight and three. Vikings six four and one, and then you have NFC East where the Cowboys are atop top seven and five. You have the Redskins at six and four, and the Eagles five and six. Yeah, the, the Falcons are out of the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure if mathematically that's you know completely true yet completely 100% they're out but they're pretty much out big game for the Falcons though or I mean the Ravens they need this game to stay in the wild card race picking the Ravens over the Falcons Vikings at Patriots going to be a really good game that's going to be a that's going to be on Fox 425 and I really like the Patriots, and this one's in Foxborough. And Tom Brady and Foxborough is always great. Kirk Cousins does not always rise to the occasion in the the nationally televised games. So, based on that, I'm going with the Patriots. Um, let's see. Falcons are four and seven, so they could still make the playoffs. I know I'm jumping all over the place, but. Yes, the Vikings and Patriots, 425, Gillette Stadium, Fox. Give me the Patriots in that one. Sunday night football. This might be my my game of the week. Chargers at Pittsburgh. Sunday night, 8-3 Chargers versus the 7-3-1 Steelers. Listen, the, the Steelers have had their troubles. As I was mentioning earlier, that they're going to struggle against some of those top teams. And especially in the playoffs. But, this is a prime time game. If you remember, a couple of weeks ago when the Steelers played the Panthers, I predicted Steelers would win. Because Big Ben at home, primetime. He is probably the best prime time quarterback at home in the NFL. In the past couple of years. I'm going to pick the Steelers. In this one. To not necessarily win big. But win by two possessions. Against a really good Chargers team. Big Ben at home. Prime time. Sunday night football. Can't stop him. And then Monday night. Monday night football. With the Washington Redskins. Philadelphia Eagles. This is a really big game. As far as NFC Wild Card goes, NFC East, Redskins sitting at 6-5, second place in the division behind the Cowboys. Philadelphia Eagles 5-6, sitting right behind the, uh, the Redskins in third. Redskins are without Alex Smith, obviously. They've got Colt McCoy, who has his moments, but really is not that good of a quarterback. And... You know, the Eagles need this one to stay in the playoff hunt, move into second place in the division, possibly, you know, steal a wild card spot. I'm going to go with the Eagles in this game simply because of the quarterback play by the Redskins and just that the Eagles, like, they need need this game. Both teams need the game, but, I mean, let's face it, the Redskins aren't making the playoffs, so the Eagles need this game a lot more. So that's it for the week for primetime predictions. Ravens over Falcons, Vikings over Patriots or sorry, Patriots over Vikings. Man, I'm sh- I'm just screwing up all day. Steelers over the Chargers and Eagles over the Redskins. Got some good games this weekend. Good college football. Man, good stuff. All right, so that's it for this Friday. Kind of a little bit of a shorter episode. Um, Not much going on, but I did... I mean, that Kareem Hunt stuff, man. Unbelievable. Did not expect that to happen that fast. Uh, I I, I learned some things about the NFL rules, NFL exempt list. I hope you guys did too. Man, what a crazy episode. It's probably my craziest episode in 45 episodes. So, man unbelievable. Um, but, uh, I want to mention a few things. So coming up tomorrow on Saturday, if any of you live around the new Concord area in Ohio, even if you're not living in the area, I mean, you can still tune in. Um, I am on the orbit. Well, I'm not officially part of the staff, but I am a part of orbit media at Muskingum university. Uh, I call a lot of sports games and tomorrow. At 2 o'clock, I'm going to be calling a Muskingum University basketball game, men's basketball game. Uh, So tune in for that. The game starts at 2. Pre-game starts at 1.30. So tune in if you're listening. You can tune in at 90.7 FM. Uh, If you're in the listening area of New Concord, Ohio, um, or anywhere around there, you can tune in online, orbitmediaonline.com. Uh you can get the Tune In Radio app for WMCO. That's our call letters. And and tune in if you want to hear some musky basketball, man. Good stuff. And then I'll also be calling a game the following Thursday, next Thursday, December 6th. That'll also be some men's basketball. So that's gonna be uh that'll be a good game as well to tune into. Again, 90.7 FM if you're in the new Concord listening area orbitmediaonline.com to tune into that. And then my big announcement, uh, starting next semester, after I uh, basically graduate training with the radio station, I will be an official Orbit Media staff member. We get to host our own shows next semester. And man, am I excited. I scheduled my show for next semester. It's kind of a little bit of a late time, but it's going to be on Mondays. From 8 to 10 p.m. And for the first half an hour from 8 to 8.30, you're going to get something that's called the Muskie Sports Blast. Which is where basically I interview members from some of the winter sports or spring sport teams. Uh, so it could be coaches, players, things like that. Interview them for a half an hour. Really good stuff. One of the most listened to things on the radio station. And then the the rest of the hour and a half you're gonna get some some music from artists you've never heard before. We really like to try to uh give new artists some some exposure that they otherwise wouldn't have on other stations uh you're gonna get your your weather your news around the new Concord area and so tune into my show uh, I'll have a couple segments um you know during that two hour span from eight to ten. So I'll I'll put in some sports stuff here and there. Uh it won't be like this podcast setup where I talk for an hour and or two hours. It's not going to be like that. Uh, but I mean still tune in. Try to give you guys some great segments, pull some segments off the show. Um, the Ford Food Chain, predictions, primetime predictions, and things like that. And that'll be perfect because it's gonna be playoff time. Uh by the time next next semester rolls around. I'm really excited for that. So stay tuned for that. Obviously that's not going to be until. You know January. Of next year. But I'm obviously. As the weeks go by. I just continue to reiterate that. Um, but I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited that we're at episode 45. We're five away from 50. Incredible. Um. So thanks for listening, guys. This week, it's that's all for me. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at the Will Ford Show. Uh, talk to me on there. Uh, let me know some things you want me to talk about on the show, and uh, I'll try my best to to put it in there. Uh, rate and review. Rate and review the show on iTunes. Like and comment on SoundCloud. Follow me on SoundCloud as well. I've had an increased amount of followers. I'm up to seventeen. So. Let's keep that number rising. Once again, thanks for listening this week, guys. Crazy episode this week, crazy Friday, unbelievable stuff. But stay tuned for episode 46 next Tuesday. We'll see you then. It's WFS.